You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Rundera. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. You really got into the Runeterra this time. I, I went this deep. A, I went deep this in. Is your, I ba- this is your I, most gravelly in like a month bro, or two. Bro, I backed out since that guy on Reddit called me out for having a cringy <laughs> oh, no. voice. And then never listen to anyone on Reddit. It took me like two it took me two months to decide that I don't care about his opinion and I'm just going <laughs> it. I'm just diving in for it. I didn't know. I thought you were just doing it for the uh you got I thought you got tired of it or something. No, man. Every time I go to do the intro, I think about that one redditor and the thing that, that he had to say about me person. oh my that goodness. one voice on reddit that one you know, negative I, voice that negative Nancy, i think bro. i speak i think i speak for all of us when i say that one reddit guy can uh can get with the program or get lost you know uh he, he needs to learn how to act stand. right he needs to learn how to act right man he yeah he needs to learn that uh if you don't say your your intro is gravelly and stuff it's it's bad luck I mean, all the other podcasts have bad luck. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it now. Yeah. They, they better uh, be tossing salt over their shoulders at the beginning of every episode because they're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear a really funny story real quick that has nothing to do with uh, with LOR, but it's a great way to start off the show. That's how we do every beginning of the show. So yeah. Yes. So when I was a child, I had rabbits and one time they got out and we didn't know what to do. So my mother went next door and the next door neighbor told her that if you throw salt on the rabbit's tail, that it can't run, which of course is a lie. But my mother did not realize that. And so she got me and my brother and her out with a thing of Morton salt and was pouring it into our hands and we were chasing the rabbit and throwing salt at it for like an hour <laughs> before, before she realized that that, that was, uh, that, that, and this was my, my next door neighbor. My next door neighbor was the Elise Moore. <laughs> um, so yeah. You, you broke me, man. Yeah. So that, that's a little would, glimpse into would, my childhood for you. I would pay to see this. That's a little, oh just a little God. glimpse into my childhood for you. Um, and yeah, my mother's secrets are now out on the internet. And uh, I, I'm picturing, I'm picturing little baby Mark with, of course, with the same haircut and you know, well, and everything. yeah, like the uh, same but, size head and the beard and same everything. Same size right? everything. But I'm just picturing baby Mark running around, chucking salt, carrying around a big Morton cylinder of salt. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I'm not even joking. It was a Morton cylinder, and oh we were like, God. me and my younger brother and my mother were throwing salt at this rabbit. When my oh. dad came home, we caught it with a net. So, if you love animals out there, don't worry. The rabbit didn't get away. Um, yeah, it wow. was. Uh, it was uh, really fun. I, well, I gotta Woo. catch my breath, man. Well, but hey, man, this podcast is oh, about my God. this podcast is about Legends of Runeterra. So, which is what we said at the beginning. So, let's talk about Legends of Runeterra. Um, so, anyway, this week, do we have to? Can I get more rabbit chasing myths? I, this is a whole podcast could, in and of itself. We man. we could just have a an episode where we just talk about stories from our childhoods. Yeah, that yeah. might be a good mulligan. It's a mulligan thing. Yeah, it's a mulligan That's thing. Really, the mulligan. I don't is know the if I can beat that level. 
I don't know if I can beat that level of ridiculousness, though. I mean, I, I've did some pretty dumb things, but uh, like that's that's pretty that's, that's pretty, pretty good. up there. That's pretty up. That's there. pretty good. I might that's be a able good, to beat That's it. a good story. You know, that that's one that <laughs> like you tell you can tell at at dinner parties and stuff and really get a good reaction. That, that's a good one. That's a that's a that's you a story to those. be retold. You need those in your you, back pocket. You need those in your back pocket. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this week I watched a YouTube video where the Legends of Runeterra team sent. Uh, I don't know if. It's it's a guy who does like puzzles for YouTube or mm. does builds mm. puzzle boxes or whatever it is, but they sent him this uh Runeterra Legends of Runeterra puzzle box that looked so it was like this big uh it looked like a golden chest or like a like a it's not a diamond chest it was definitely the golden chest so it looked just like a real life golden chest but it had all these intricate things and when he re got into the top and revealed the top it uh it had like a, an LOR board which was incredible it, it with like the Targon board it had like the Targon board uh, that's and then cool. there were like all these secrets that he had to unlock and he kept finding cards um and so he found oh, he found so cool. uh like a like a riven card but it wasn't like a card it was like a wooden box that had riven's artwork mm. in it so it looked like it found riven zoe and victor um and then he had to like activate the board and actually find and unlock the crystals to put them in for like the his and his enemies nexus and when he put them in it like lit up and powered the board which was super cool and then he had to unlock all the cards and find the correct order to put them on on the game board and it unlocked the game board and a victory sign popped up when he was done with it Wow, it, I'm sure I'm awesome. missing something, but it was freaking legit. Like I don't know, that's so cool. Who it is that's on the LOR team that somehow their job for months became building this insanely intricate, like like electronic and wooden puzzle box for this dude. Um, I hope they got a big enough payoff from the advertisement on this dude's YouTube channel because it was yeah. really, 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 really cool. Um, and uh, I watched it, uh, most of it yesterday, and then I finished watching it today. So if you haven't checked it out yet, look up like uh, Legends of Runeterra Puzzle Box or something and, uh, and check it out because it was super, super cool. It was super so cool. That, I'll have to check that. I did see what I didn't know what it was, but I saw that when when you told me what that was, I was like, okay, I saw that recommended on YouTube. I was like, interesting, but that's not usually my cup of tea. I, like, I thought it was like an unboxing thing. Like, they sent him some promotional thing, and he was just unboxing it. And I hate watching on like YouTube unboxing things. I'm like, it makes me sad that I'm not unboxing it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, so, I don't love unboxing yeah. videos either. I like review yeah. videos. Uh, except for the except for the one where the the dude uh, opened a black lotus and goes nuts. That one's pretty great. But besides Ooh. that, yeah. If you if, oh you haven't seen that? That's like classic. Uh, yeah, he, he probably opened a hundred thousand dollar gift. He, right oh, there. it's just yeah. He just freaked <laughs> out. I mean, he had like he was just opening like whatever the base. I forget what they called it. it Alpha just the base set. Yeah. Alpha. Yeah. He's just opening a box and just enjoying it. Like he's he's got his gloves on and stuff. But he's just like enjoying looking at the stuff. You can tell he's like a magic fan. And then he just like flips out <laughs> well we don't get that in legends of runeterra at all because we don't get to open up physical packs we actually don't even get to open up packs to be honest with you you know it, it, it's so funny because like i remember playing versus system and, and that was like the big game where i was you know pretty competitive and going to tournaments and stuff like that and uh and you know actually traveling for tournaments you know not never like super far but up or down a state you know i would travel uh and uh you know play some higher profile regional events and stuff um and i remember that i needed to get that there was there was a you could play up to four cards as a play set 
in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were two cards in particular that uh, were just so mind-numbingly good because they were tutors. Mm-hmm. And one of them was called uh, Enemy of My Enemy. And it had uh, uh, Magneto, uh, who is like talking to, I think, Sebastian Shaw from the Hellfire Club, for those of you who are X-Men fans, uh, on, the, on the art. I remember that. But it was really strong because basically they had like team affiliations, which were kind of like regions. And the card was discard a character card and search your deck for any character that doesn't share an affiliation with mm, that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you were ever playing any sort of like dual or tri affiliation, you know, deck, that was super strong. You know, you discard a uh, a Justice League guy and go search for an Avenger. You know, I mean, very, very strong. Um, similarly, there was one called Mobilize. Uh, which, depending on the card art, actually got released twice. It either had the Justice League on it or the Avengers on it, actually. Uh, and uh, it worked the opposite. You discard a card and search for someone that does share an affiliation, right? Mm-hmm, Those mm-hmm, two cards mm-hmm. were like so vital to top-level decks because any card searching is is really important. Uh, and there were even some decks that would run both because, you know, why not? Um, they'd run like four of one and two of another if they really needed to search for like a combo. Uh and so I remember that in my little play group of like four people, right? Me, my dad, my buddy, and another friend uh, uh, of his, the four of us had maybe a playset combined of each of those. Okay. Like, like they were they were just hard to find. You would they were really rare. Sure, not easy to get your hands was, on. Right, but the most expensive one was like forty bucks. And to us at the time, it was like, whoa, that's so expensive. Sure, sure. <laughs> Only to find out years later that in Magic, you know, people would, would laugh at that. For, yeah, 40 <laughs> bucks is. 40 bucks. And now, and now, honestly, if I was playing uh, as seriously as I did back then today, I would just pony up the money and have it and buy them and just not have to worry. About it. I mean, I would go to a big tournament and I'd be like, Hey guys, who's running a uh, team up list? Oh, you you are okay. Maybe I'll run a mono affiliation list so that I can have all the mobilized and you can have all the enemy of my enemies. Uh, <laughs> you know? uh, sure. Like that's how yeah, that's how we'd have to divvy it up. We'd have to make sure we're not playing two similar things. So that way we can both optimize our decks. borrow each other's cards. Uh, oh, yeah. you know what? Oh my gosh! Day, but you can't do that. That's before digital that's card games. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no, the days before lost. digital card games. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And now we play LOR just to have all the cards because of how generous Riot is. Um, I, I I definitely could craft everything right now. Uh, I think I think I could. I'm very close, if not everything. I I, I have the- I have everything crafted, and I have up 119,000 shards right now. Oh, you have way more shards than me. 119,000? I have 119,000 cards. So wait, wait, wait. 119, comma? 119, comma. Wow, that, that is absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm oh, wait, hold up. I, I have, hold up. Hold up. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Nope. 119, comma, 046. Uh, it's, guys, I, I am looking at it. It, it that's, It's true. I'm seeing it on the screen. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I have 7,000. Well, hey, or that's 6,600, but I mean, I did go through and dump a bunch just to start crafting up everything just to, just because I want to eventually, sure. obviously, complete so, everything. So what did you play in LOR this week? What did, did you play anything this week? Did you play anything fun? Uh, 
you know, I played more. I played a lot of Expedition to try to finish out the Expedition quest before reset. Oh, okay. And gotcha. I ran into the same thing that you did, I guess, when you were doing it, which is that Zoe is like auto draft status for Expedition. <laughs> Zoe's pretty good in Expedition. Really hard uh, to get rid I of. I just, yeah, twice I just drafted Zoe's and invoke stuff. I, uh, so I, did, much I was value. trying to do, I was trying to do the, um, um, get the, the 10 wins one uh, 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 uh. uh this week and so i started a new arena i drafted zoe i went six wins uh and was just kind of crushing it and just coming back from some absolutely ridiculous thing games that i should not have come back from um and then in the last game i mean i had a lot of invoking i realized that like invoke in arena uh, or expedition is absolutely incredible oh, it's because it's very just, strong. It's so strong because you just toolbox for whatever it is you need at the moment, and it also it guarantees you you can play them and get early game, and then later play them and get late game. It's just it's really 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 strong in a limited deck format. Well, I ran into the the final match, and I, and I'm not exaggerating. So I must have had like 15 different cards in my deck or more that invoked, like mm-hmm. directly invoked. Like I had like three. Behold the Infinites, a couple uh, of the stargazing ones, or the was the four drop guy. Yeah, it just four says mana, invoke. three, four invoke. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And just I had a couple of those guys in there. I mean, I really had so much invoke. I had like the the um, three mana uh, night uh, fall ones, and then of course Zoe's. Well, I I played my final game seven. You know, lose it, uh, win or lose, you're out, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, I drew not a single invoke not one i didn't get any of my three copies of zoe that sucks i didn't get i didn't get any behold the infinites i didn't get any of that nightfall check like nothing and i was like well this is statistically statistically improbable but i mean so i ended up not getting a full complete seven win run but it was very very strong uh in expedition zoe grew on me a lot actually doing that like i I was not a lot from expedition as well I was not a fan of Zoe before, and I am now after playing her in Expedition, which in it led me to want to play her some in Constructed. I have not figured out a deck yet for her that I want to build because um, I just kind of finished up the Expeditions, I guess, before it reset a day or two ago. And I and I honestly, the last couple of days, I haven't actually played a lot of LOR. I've been actually been playing a lot of Destiny, uh, trying to grind out my season pass on that. That resets in like a month. But I've just... I've had a lot of time, and let me tell you about why I've had a lot of time. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, well, actually, it's funny because I I'm got switched to a different position at work, so I'm working in a different department now. So it means I'm kind of like learning a new position, which is not always you know fun. It's sometimes a little stressful. Sure. But it's actually going well. I think I'm going to enjoy the work uh, a little bit more than what I was doing before. Um, but that's that's not to say anything. So I'm at work on Monday, and I work for like two hours, and then I come to find out, I get told, uh, my boss comes walking down the hallway, and he's like, Ian, go home. And I'm like, why? Uh, and apparently, I uh, had trained with uh, one of my coworkers, who was training me in this new position, uh, had come down with COVID. Oh, got the COVIDs. I got the Rona. Yep. And mm-hmm. so me, my new, my new supervisor, uh, and our my other the other guy in my department. I got moved to this department predominantly because there's very few people in it. We had a couple people retire. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So I got moved over there, and and so like our whole department basically got told to go home, get tested, and don't come back till you do. 
so in my area, so that was Monday at like 10 o'clock. So I get home. I like actually I pick up breakfast, like a breakfast burrito on the way on the way home. That from is work a great by the way, that's a great way to come home from work when you think you have the the, the Rona is uh is to get a breakfast burrito, which sounds get a amazing. Breakfast burrito. That's right. Uh and it's funny because I had actually had a headache the day before. So I was like, man, maybe I do have the Rona. Right? Mm-hmm, Crap, that would mm-hmm, be terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert I, I don't you don't have um, it but you've had some time just, you've been home right and uh and th- but that's the thing man what i what struck me is you cannot get a dang like a uh, covid test appointment within nope. like any reasonable time frame no nope, no nope, holy crap nope. i got lucky i got lucky to get my appointment uh, that was monday at 10 o'clock i i was lucky to pick up an appointment wednesday like today at noon in most wow. places, most places, and I live in a pretty big area with a lot of testing centers. Most places were booked through like the rest of the week. You couldn't get one until like Monday or Tuesday. And I was like, dang, it's gonna be a while before I get to back to work if this doesn't get sorted out. But so I'm going back to work tomorrow. But yeah, I know I had a lot of time, but I ended up not spending it playing LOR except for maybe one or two games playing that same uh, um, Leona and uh, Asol list from last week. Well, you and know what? And my, that's, that's what I was playing today. Was were you, were you playing that too? Yeah, 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 yeah. You like it? Uh, I do. I think I played a slightly different version of it, but that's what I've been playing. Uh, and I've been playing on the rank ladder, and it's been going well. I mean, I'm like, I have hardly played ranked at all because as soon as the new season hit, I basically took a break from the game. Um, yeah. But as I'm getting back into it these this last week or so, uh, I've been trying to find a deck that I wanted to play in ranked that was new. And so I've been playing mm-hmm. Leona Asel with, uh, with the Plaza in it. And... Uh, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. strong. Um, specifically the new Daybreak card, uh, the four mana one that gets life steal when you play it. Yeah, that card Absolutely is good. very good. And you know when it's better? It's better when it has plus one, plus one, and challenger. That makes it even better. Well, and it's better when you are pairing it with single combats and concerted strikes, just like with Radiant Guardian. Yeah. In fact, I mean, like, I don't better. know what list you're you're running, but it, yeah, it's better than Radiant Guardian. And so like you run three copies of that and two copies of Radiant Guardian. And then with like three star shaping, you have so much heals. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. I actually don't run Radiant Guardian in my list. Um, I, I probably mean, I, I've should. Been cons- I've been considering two copies. And I've been considering cutting them. I just don't know what I would add instead. But um, you know what else? Here, here's this is funny. You, you, I'm really glad you brought that up. It's funny because it's really turned me around too on on Hush. I knew Hush was good, but I didn't like playing it. But in mm-hmm. this deck, Hush is so nice. Hush is very because I good feel like this it's deck. this is this is just such a a classic board centric grindy deck. Mm-hmm. It's not quite control. It definitely mm. feels like higher, like slower mid range. No, but you but, want to grind your opponent out long enough that if you don't yeah. beat them beforehand, you can ace them to death. Um, exactly it's it's grindy you know but board centric which i love but that means that you need to be able to trick some trades on especially on champs and especially with like quick attack champs too so like hush has been like so integral like three copies not disappointed and and you know i know i'm probably behind the curve on this i just didn't not like hush after they made the changes because i didn't think it was as flavorful and as fun i still think that but i play it a lot more now. Yeah, in this list, it's very good. I, I found it to be very valuable. Uh, got a couple of wins today because of Hush, mm-hmm. uh, specifically against like Undying decks. 
Um, and then, uh, and then actually I played a really interesting game today where a guy played a uh, plaza with Katarina and Katarina is mm. much, much better with plaza because, um, she can, you know, she gets to pick who she wants right. to quick attack into, which makes her much, much stronger. Um, and then, oh, yeah. and then you keep getting the plus one, plus one on her because she keeps returning to your hand. And every time you play her, she gets challenger and plus one, plus one again, because you have plaza on the board, um, well, rally, and, uh, and then rallying as well. Uh, so she yeah. was kind of menacing and difficult to deal with. I did win that game because once again, Katarina's hot trash. So in the end of the day, doesn't matter <laughs> if you found a card that goes well with her in a cool combo, Katarina's still terrible but so it's almost like recall is bad uh almost as though recall is it's like anti-tempo is bad in a game that's pretty centric around tempo you would yeah it's it's not just it's not just it's not just it would make you think that the anti it's reverse (laughs) tempo (laughs) you you would would make you think that maybe the ionia landmark isn't the best card in the game um maybe (laughs) yeah which uh i actually forgot it even was made um, well, I mean, when we talked about landmarks on the episode, I was re-listening to it back, and I'm like, I completely forgot that it was a thing <laughs> again. And I, in that episode, I had forgotten that it was a thing when you brought it up, and I was like, oh yeah. And then when I was listening to the episode back, I forgot we had a whole discussion about it. Like, in my mind, I keep forgetting it exists over and over again. Gibbles and Chad, actually, this is going back to Zoe. He said, I do really like that Zoe is relevant in meta and strong in Expedition, uh, and they did a good job. There, There is another deck out there that's Aesol Zoe that is running Plaza. Mm-hmm. So instead of Leona, you're running Zoe, and you're running more Invoke instead of more of the Daybreak package. Instead of some of the early game Daybreak package, you're running more target heavy invoke stuff um i saw yeah. i think i saw db or bbg playing it um and uh, it looks pretty interesting it looks like a cool list oh, yeah but... i've seen that floating around a couple places i got i got one more thing to say on this though okay go ahead. which is i i feel like you know since we're we're not gonna do like a short discussion i did want to say mention one thing that that actually stood out to me you know when we talked about the prismatics right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think either of us were like super jazzed by them i'm we're like okay yeah, it's cool not. it's like one more one more thing but I will say, I have a, a prismatic Raven. Which one's Raven? And Raven Daylight Spear. That's the one that makes uh, it always uh-huh. daybreak. Um, first off, I love that card. I l- absolutely adore that card. It might be like top ten Runeterra cards in terms of design for me. Mm. And I've I've realized coming back to playing Leona, I still really love Daybreak. I, I'm still a yeah, huge daybreak fan of Daybreak. Is a lot of fun. Um. But uh, but Robin, I have this prismatic one, and Robin creates more cards, and those cards are prismatic. Oh, that's right? cool. So what it occurred to me is as I'm playing Robin, and my hand is getting filled with a couple more prismatic daybreak cards, I got this really this really bad itch, this really <laughs> bad itch. I was like, what if I prismatic all of my daybreak cards my the entire daybreak package i could prismatic them all a lot of them are commons i it wouldn't be that hard maybe that's what i maybe i could do that and it would be super cool uh, i had i had to resist so hard well i'll tell so you so hard and i'm like so maybe this is maybe this is working if i got that urge to want to bling out my 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 daybreak package at least uh i won't rat him out because i don't know if his wife listens to this i doubt that his wife listens to this but just in case she does uh blinged out an entire deck like day one yep. uh a fully 
which is which is just crazy, uh, just crazy. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of LOR news, and you're probably wondering like, when are we going to get to talking about it? The answer is about 26 minutes into the episode. Um, yeah. So what Seems we're going to do, I want to thank our patrons first, and then we'll jump in because we do have a new patron this week. Our new patron is Edwin V. Edwin V. Thank you so much for your support and your encouragement. Woo. And actually, Edwin V, you're in the chat as well. So thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, yeah. Has been awesome in the community and thank you to everybody else uh, who's a patreon supporter as well um there's now i think uh 27 or 25 or 27 uh supporters over at patreon.com so thank you 27 so a couple of perks if you're a patron if you are a patron you get a patron only chat um that's in our discord so only you can see it and only you can access it um along with the other patrons we give away a pint glass right now or something but right now it's a pint glass a legends cast pint glass every month at the end of the month to one of our patrons um and then in addition to that you also get access to the mulligan which is another show that we do every other week where we talk about stuff that isn't necessarily lor related um but is related to nerdiness in general typically and so you could jump in and if you subscribe uh, to us over at patreon a dollar a month gives you access to all of that stuff so um i don't have like tiers or anything like that but you feel free to go over there patreon.com slash legends cast if you want to support us feel free to go over there and support us. Thank you so much, uh, Edwin, for your support. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. And we also had a lot of people join the Discord this week or interested in the Discord League and stuff. Guys, we are going to be working towards Discord League Season 3 um, coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have an announcement towards the beginning of February for when the signups are going to come and what that's going to look like, maybe even the end of January. Uh, we're already working with the admins. By We're working with the admins. I mean, they messaged us and we haven't responded yet um but uh, <laughs> yeah no <laughs> but but we're going to be working with the admins to get the season three of the discord league up and going here soon so if you've been anxious yeah. to get in on that um and you want to see if you can beat uh, either static sheep or lungs for Heyman users our, our two champions from season one and two um that'll be coming up here very very soon and, so and and i was thinking for season three that i might go ahead and unnerf unnerf you mark i would love to be unnerfed I think I'm gonna unnerf you. You nerfed me so and hard last season. I I did nerf you really hard, <laughs> but it was a very different format, and uh, it ended up being I think a little bit. You know, I think it motivated a lot of people to treat it a little more competitively, which you know, uh, pluses and minus. I know some people enjoyed maybe the the kind of more random, goofier, you know, lists and stuff like that. But I really, I think I'm still really happy with how this last format uh, went, it. and so I'm pretty much just gonna run it back. Um, I think it worked. Yeah, I think it worked really well. And so, yes, you are officially uh, unnerfed. Unnerfed for season three. That's really nice. You are unnerfed for season three. Now, I've also had a couple people uh, asking you to play. If if I'm going to play, I'm thinking about it. Ooh. I'm thinking about it. Okay, we want to see uh, want to see uh, DBN swing in there and trash on some Discord members. Uh, That'd be great. Oh, man. Uh, I do not think that that would, I, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I know, I know there's a lot of people in in the discord that that play so much more than me. So I I can barely keep up uh, with, uh, with all of the, uh, all the changes in this game, which, Hey, we're about to talk about. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Let's go ahead and uh, it's called a transition. Yeah. Let's jump into our main (laughs) segment tonight. Time for the main event. 
Okay, guys, so there's been a lot of things that have been introduced in, uh, in, in the last week, like since we recorded last, tons of stuff, like an incredible amount of stuff. So uh, we got like a calendar for the year ahead because they had like the 2021 uh, sort of like look at what we were going to be seeing from the LOR team, which we got a lot of really exciting stuff there, which we're going to get a chance to talk about. Um, we, also, uh, we also got changes to one of the cards that we talked about on last episode, um, and then we got all of the stuff revealed for a new champion that we're going to be getting here soon. So let me just go over really quick uh, a couple of things on the calendar. We don't really need to talk super thoroughly about that, but just so you know, Cosmic Creation Season, um, we're like wrapping up Cosmic Creation Season, and then we're doing Empires of the Ascended Season, which is going to be uh, is going to be a whole new expansion, a whole new region. Shamira, is that how you pronounce it? Shamira? Shamira? Shush. Shishimi, Shishimi, Egyptian. What are you talking about? Egyptian. Sharima? Sharima, that's what it is. Uh, Sharima. I don't even play League of... How do I know that? Uh, bro, I don't know that. <laughs> uh, Sharima is going to be our set. So this month, uh, we got a co-op versus AI lab, which just came out literally today. Um, and DBN and I are, are hopefully going to play it together here soon. Uh, we have, uh, in February, we're going to be getting a new expansion with the Aphelios champion expansion. Aphelios is going to be coming out, uh, his new champion, along with some new cards a new lab we're getting another lab in february and then on march the third we are getting empires of the ascended a new set a new region and a new event with that comes a new lab and also champion mastery which is something we're definitely going to be talking about because that's something i in particular am extremely excited about so we're going to be covering a lot of that but before we get into any of the stuff that's on the event calendar i think that we should talk about the card nerf that we just got dbn do you want to tell us a little bit about the change to the go hard pack your bags uh combo yeah, the uh, the bad news is it's not one of our recommendations. It uh, isn't, which is unfortunate. No, but the good news is it it should it should help anyways. Uh, it, it's a lot simpler than uh, than what you and I were were kind of hypothesizing, and you know I, I don't want to say uh, I don't want to say that ours was better or worse or anything. I think we might have been just trying to get a little little more out of the out of the box but i think this will suffice basically uh everything on um go hard is going to stay the same but pack your bags that would be the card that uh, that actually does five damage to all enemies in the enemy nexus that is going to be going from a mana cost of one up to five um mm -hmm. and this is important for two reasons obviously there's the there's the obvious one where it costs it going from one mana to five now you're really committing if you want to play pack your bags, you're kind of committing your whole turn to that. Um, and so it, it largely is going to stop. What would happen is uh, the, uh, the go hard list would drop their pack your bags, wipe the board. And while simultaneously developing their own stuff afterwards with all the cards that they're able to draw uh, because of the natural synergies there where they would be cycling a lot of cards. So they would play pack your bags, wipe your board and then play a bunch of ones, twos, threes, et cetera and completely refill and be ready to smash your face down for yeah. whatever health is left. So now, obviously, they're still going to be able to do that if they've established a board presence, but they're not going to be able to wipe your board and also uh, throw a, a bunch of units down uh, to continue the pressure. 
Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a commitment to get this big payoff card. But more importantly, I think uh, it makes the synergy between Zap Spray Fin and Pack Your Bags and Go Hard a lot more interesting because Zap can still pull uh, the Go Hards, but if you play your Go Hards in the incorrect order, basically if you play your mm -hmm. three Go Hards before playing Zap, Zap can no longer pull the Pack Your Bags. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely one thing. And I think overall, too, right, it means that you have to leave more mana um, available to be able yeah. to play pack your bags as your opponent fills their board, which gives your opponent a few more options. Um, notably, it does put this out of the range of Notify, whereas Notify before could cancel this. Now the only way to stop this is going to be through Deny. Um, that's going to be the only card that can do it, uh, which is maybe that's a minor buff to pack your bags. I mean, it obviously is because it puts it out of the range of one of the two sort of say no cards in the game. Um, but it also like being five mana from one mana is is huge. Um, even the fact that they move this beyond three mana, so you can't just stack yeah. some spell mana and just keep the spell mana uh, ready for it. Um, you know, you're going to need to break into your your actual mana reserve for the turn. And if you tap out under it's a lot easier to tap out under five mana. And by tap out, guys, uh, that's a that's a magic gathering term. I know we have some newer players who are who are joining us now. So it's a magic gathering term that referred to using basically all of your available resources to play a card. So tapping out means you're, you're going beyond having five mana available. Um, it's a lot easier to go beyond that point and tap beyond five than it is to to go to one um i mean leaving one mana is so easy especially in the later turns of the game whereas leaving five mana really 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 telegraphs to your opponent yeah. what you're trying to do yeah that's the big thing is, is that your opponent can just eyeball your opponent's mana and say okay they have five better not fully commit to this board because they might be holding a pack your bags and if they start passing with five mana left then you start getting suspicious um I will say, per the the Nopify comment, um, Nopify was really only being played to counter. Uh, go hard and pack your bags. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a, it was it was another kind of like you know warping effect of you know go hard pack your bags sort of you know forcing the environment to adapt to it specifically and to its specific cards. I think the thing with like meta warping decks is it's not just that it's really strong and people are teching you know to give them an edge. It becomes truly meta warping when people are forced to include cards that deal with very specific interactions um and to really like dissect something down uh at a specific level as opposed to a general Oh, I'm I'm a little bit weaker to control. I'm a little bit weaker to aggro. Let me put some things in there. When you're specifically playing cards just to axe a specific interaction, that's when you can really kind of define something as as meta warping. And and I think that was the case here with people running Nopify's a bit. But I will say Nopify is not completely dead. Nopify was always the strongest against that list when it could get rid of the very first go hard, so that it burns that mm -hmm. first one, and then there's two more somewhere in the deck but it hasn't like replicated itself yet. Um, and that was always the best time to play Nopify, and that's still the case here. So I, I, I don't think that necessarily, if we see this nerf from a five-mana perspective not be super impactful and the people are still playing at a high level, Nopify is still a, a perfectly fine card to play to try to counter it uh, because you can counter the go-hards. You just won't be able to hit the, the pack-your-bags. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, I, yeah, I think this is going to really damage the, uh, and not completely ruin. I, I think that go hard strategies are still going to be playable, but it, it's definitely going to, I think, knock it out of that top tier. I really hope it does anyways. And and it should be noted too, um, the way that they talked about this was uh, talking about card updates. Um, and here, I'll, I'll just go ahead and read you. Uh, they said, we will be aiming to make balance changes based on our metagame analysis and community feedback on a monthly basis. However, as will all live development, this may not be true for every single month. We may occasionally make off-cadence changes, such as this change to pack your bags coming in 2.0.0, which was originally planned for a release in 2.1.0 in February. So what that means is they deemed this important enough to nerf now mm-hmm. when clearly it was already put together, already kind of set in stone for February. They said, let's just move it up a month and, and nip the criticism in the bud. I really like that they did that. Yeah. And I think it also means uh that um they may end up doing something similar to what they did with um like with hush where they said here's a t- here's a nerf and if it's not enough we'll hit we'll hit it again <laughs> yeah we're going to do something we want to see what this does to the environment and then we're going to but we plan on doing something else right we hear your feedback we're going to make an adjustment but maybe we're going to do something else in the future which could be interesting and and i i love their willingness to be flexible um in so many other card games there's not a lot of flexibility um and you know specifically when i when i was in hearthstone um it just seemed like the team didn't have the ability to be flexible very often and and it seems like Riot and the LOR team have the ability to sort of um, pivot on some stuff here that maybe in other other card games you didn't have the capability to pivot like they do with this team. Um, and I maybe maybe that's what it speaks to above everything else that I think is encouraging to me is uh, is you see that the team has some freedom here that maybe other card development teams have not had. Um, and that is super exciting and really cool. And maybe that's not the case. Like, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't work for Riot. I don't work for Blizzard. I didn't work for Bethesda. Like, but it seems as though this team has more freedom than other teams, Um, even in how open they are with their patch notes and the information and the reasoning they give behind what they do. From day one, this team has been more transparent than any card development team that I've experienced so far with the exception of maybe some really sort of indie card games, some really small card games. But in terms of a game from a big developer, this team's really transparent and I like the change they made to pack your bags. It is really simple. Um, And I'm hoping that that change uh, will actually make a a substantial difference in the metagame overall, which is exciting to me. Um, But there are other cards to talk about because we got a lot of other news. Do you want to talk about Mastery System first or should we talk about Aphelios first? Because there's Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. I I feel like it's got to be Aphelios. Guys, I have to stop for like one second. I know this is like mid, uh, the middle of our, our episode, but I want to welcome Saucy Mailman just rated us. Guys, just so you know, this is an opportunity hey. for us to say that we do oftentimes record Legends Cast live on twitch.tv slash the lift, which is what we're doing right now. So thank you, Saucy, for that raid. We appreciate you. Welcome That's everybody awesome. to the stream. We're currently recording episode 45 right now of Legends Cast live. So, I, and then I didn't listen to DBN. What did you say you wanted to? talk about next Aphelios uh yeah I was gonna say let's let's talk about I mean I gotta be honest I'm gonna need a little bit of explaining here from you because I had a lot of questions about Aphelios and I I, you know there was a lot of information to process on that guy and I 
didn't really feel like reading it. <laughs> it felt like it was a ways off. I, 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 you know, what's cool is they have this event calendar that we're talking about in, uh, in the client, which is super handy. Um, so you can go in and if you go up to where like the little book is, um, they have like the, the patch notes, obviously they've got the co-op versus AI announcement, but if you click down, you can go to the event calendar, uh, which is what we're talking about at the moment. Um, and so it, it's, it's kind of distant February, February is where we're getting the February the, uh, 3rd though, a couple weeks February from now, 30th. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I was just looking at this, you know, so we're going to talk about Aphelios and this is what I find kind of, I mean, maybe confusing slash revealing. So Aphelios is going to be another Targon champion. Yep, another Targon And champion. that's going to actually take them to seven champions, uh, leaving the other regions at six, I believe. Which I think it's become pretty clear that the, the Riot team isn't as concerned with everybody having a balanced or similar amount of champions as uh as maybe card teams from games in the past like other teams have been really concerned with having everything be fair and balanced across all regions or factions or attributes and it seems as though riot is a little less concerned with them all having yeah. the same amount of champions all the time at least so yeah and i think and i'm wondering too when we get the sharima expansion i i would assume we're going to be getting new champions for the other factions or yeah. is it just going to be like i'm just really interested and, and excited to hear more details on the breakdown because as they add more uh regions they're obviously going to have to pump out more cards or less of the supporting cards for those archetypes uh if they want to be fueling um the other regions kind of equally and it's something it's a situation that a lot of other card games haven't run into because they'll have like a set number of for like hearthstone they'll have a set number of um, you know, classes, right? Uh, there was always that set number of uh, resource colors for Tessel, right? But clearly they're still expanding. There's a lot mm -hmm. of regions left to explore. I think if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, there's like Ixtal or something like that. There's the void. the void. I mean, people yeah. are clamoring for all of these iconic places, these iconic characters and stuff. And I think that more so than those other games like Hearthstone, like these are a part of the identity of the world it, but it does create some interesting uh, kind of decision making from a release perspective because yeah. you can't just continually expand, you know, the the number of cards you're releasing in every pack. I mean, otherwise, you know, you, unless you want to keep, you know, bringing in more, uh, bringing in more people for the design team and, and testing teams and whatnot. Yeah, they're so going to have to cut me, back the amount of cards they release in each set for sure. Right, and exactly, and so you you never want one of the or one of the uh, regions you have before to to become stale. You want to keep Absolutely. those fresh, right? Because people have already invested in those cards, those champions, those you know uh, cosmetics and stuff like that. And I think it would be a mistake to leave those behind. That was one of my biggest complaints actually about Hearthstone all those years, uh, and even Tesla to some degree. You'd have these really interesting mechanics, and they'd get left behind and never touched again. You know, things like uh, Wax and Wayne, uh, in um, you know, and yeah, moons of elsewhere sure. for Tesla, and it had this awesome expansion. wasn't quite enough cards to flush it out, and then you know you didn't see a single one in the next expansion. You know, um, and Hearthstone would always do that with certain interesting mechanics they'd have. They'd have this themed pack around the certain thing, and like jousting. A lot of times, like jousting. Jousting right? was something we wanted to see a lot more of. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah, and they just jousting, wouldn't revis- jousting, revisit it. You know, or, or like I think actually the the best. I mean, the jousting was pretty bad. Maybe that's maybe they shouldn't it have revisited. Really but, <laughs> but like Cthune, you remember? You remember Cthune? Cthune was my right? favorite part of Hearthstone. Absolutely. Yeah. And they they never added another Cthune card yep, in the next no more four or five expansions. Yep. And I was like, that's too bad because I think Cthune really could have maybe used like super one more card. Cool. Super cool. And yeah. uh, it was one of the most fun, like synergistic, interesting things. It really felt like you were playing this cultist summoning and yeah. powering up their deity or whatever uh so my point is you know clearly they've shown us that no we do want to keep fleshing out other archetypes i think if anything the, the thing that most you know identified that in this last set was the uh the keg uh ship i, I can't remember what it's called but the, uh, uh yeah yeah the one that has barrel um, the, the little rowboat the the keg rowboat yeah yes. yeah well i think I, we I had that is, also the fact know. that we had another daybreak card sort of here at the end uh like the the four yeah like mm-hmm. that that the show Sunforger. like we can see we continued to see daybreak which we were both concerned like okay and, are and, we only ever going to see this daybreak and we're done and we're never going to see any more seems as though right. at least through this set they were interested in releasing more um, well the celestial dragon uh, as well yeah you know? yeah we saw um, one in each set which was very mm-hmm. cool and i appreciated that so tell us yeah, about and, and it made all the difference both of those two both of those cards made a huge difference and made an impact in the archetypes so like i mean absolutely yeah i like that absolutely so tell us about Aphilios, and i'll tell you how he works or at least how i'm pretty sure like 62 percent <laughs> sure how he works uh <laughs> all right all right. Well, you know, he's he's interesting, that's for sure. Uh and and for my for for my taste, there's a there's an awful lot of text on, on that card. Uh he's a uh three mana Targon champion, three three stats, says nightfall, pick a moon weapon to create in hand. And guys, there's there's five of these things, so you know, yep. <laughs> hang in there. Um when you've played two other cards in a round. Create the phased moon weapon in hand if you don't already have one. And then it levels up once you've cast four plus moon weapon. So kind of similar uh, to Riven in that respect where you're playing these cards as you go through the game and you're generating them. Um, It notably does not say you've seen me cast or I've seen you cast uh, four plus moon weapons. You just have Mm -hmm. to cast them throughout the game. Uh, I know that there's at least one uh, two-mana spell that can generate uh, moon weapons, so there mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. technically ways to do it without Aphelios specifically, but of course, Aphelios is going to be the fastest way to generate these moon weapons. Um, and then the leveled-up version, obviously a 4-4 with the standard plus one, plus one increase, yep. uh, gains quick attack, which is at, that's pretty noticeable. Uh, quick attack being one of the strongest like champion keywords yeah, uh, just so just good at protecting the champion. Keywords, yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's it always sucks when you have a champion without quick attack, um, and you're like, well, I can't attack with my super cool guy because he'll just die. Uh, so I'm just gonna leave him on the board on the bench, you know. And it works for some people. Like misfortune's kind of fun because you're like the captain is commanding the crew or whatever. But for a lot of champions, you're like, I want to attack with this. He's the big cool guy with the the sweet artwork uh and when you have to just sit there and leave them on the bench because they'll just die in a trade that's never as much fun as it is to swing with them so i really like that they put quick attack on a fair amount of champions um so it's it's pretty much the same text uh except that uh in addition to whenever you've played two other cards in a round you create a weapon you'll also get one at round start and the weapons will cost one less um so again it's kind of just uh following the trend of it's not doing something crazy different 
Um, it's still kind of letting you use those moon weapons and empowering them. It's just making it easier to generate them uh, and cheaper to use. So it's just kind of like, I feel like you have these branching champion designs. Sometimes you'll have ones that will say, um, you know, here's something I do. And then I do something like different and like game changing when I level up. And then you have the ones where like I doing something. And then when I level up, I do it a little bit better, you know? Sure. Um, and I think worth obviously Aphelios falls into that camp. Now, I mean, do you want me to go through all these moon weapons? <laughs> well, it's so hard because there's so many of them, right? I'm actually trying to get them on the screen, and it's it, uh, like failing uh, because it, it's blurry right now. Um, the the point is, well, I I think it's important to maybe not go over the ones that they phase, but the what they do. I think is important. Like, just hit. You don't have to go through all the names, but maybe just go through like what does each of the individual moon weapons do? Because I think that that's important. Well, They're all two mana slow spells, first of all, and I think that's important to yeah. know. Well, yeah, two minutes slow spells. Um, you know, I've noticed this, uh, and I've been talking about it. They have been putting slow on a lot more, a lot more cards recently, and I think that's wise. I really do. Yes, um, I agree. There's a lot of early in the game. We even had some frustrations with the amount of cards and the impactfulness of the all the cards, and partly because of the smaller card pool, we noticed it more. Um, but we had some complaints about the amount of cards that were being played that were. Uh, burst speed and especially ones that were incredibly impactful um, and I think that they've kind of I don't want to say they've learned their lesson but they've ended up adopting a stance where you know there's a more clear delineation between the cards that are slow uh, fast and burst and you can kind of like okay this makes sense that this is slow it's very rare that we're like whoa what the heck why is this burst uh, you know it, I've been noticing that a lot less noticing me complaining about the speed of spells a lot less uh, in the last couple expansions so I think that's important um, I do have a question before I get into this what is phased can you I still don't understand okay. that. So so this is what I understand from phased, and there may be people in chat that could tell me that I'm wrong, because I was trying to understand it as well. I, I asked in our Discord, and I think some people helped me understand it. So what phased means is, so like, for example, um, let's say, I think there's one in here that gives us, what, plus one, plus one in lifesteal or something, right? It gives a creature plus one, plus one in lifesteal. There's another one that can stun something, and then it phases two of his other weapons. The next time that you generate a weapon it will generate one of the two that you had phased so so do you select it so so yeah you select the next one that so okay so so you're selecting which one you'll get next time you would generate one so basically what yes and what will happen is you'll get a weapon right you'll select a weapon and it will phase two the next time you're able to select a weapon it will give you one of the two that you phased and each one of those will phase another two so you pick one and it branches to a new pathway uh. now that gives you two other ones that you choose so the cool thing about this is is that if you know how the pathways work and you learn how the pathways work you may be able to uh, you may be able to sort of branch your way into the one that you need for this specific situation it's not random so you'll be able to know okay if i generate this one it will give me these two options i'll generate that one uh, and grab mm -hmm. one of those two options because that the stun is what i need this round and I'm, I'm two weapon generations away from getting the one that i need so i think that there's some 
something that is really intricate and unique. Actually, CMON Watt said this seems unreasonably complicated. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it is super complex. The card itself is incredibly complex. DBN, can you go through and just tell us what each of these cards do? What each of his what, five weapons do real quick? Uh, okay. No, uh, I'm going to ignore you, the phasing part. Don't read but, the phasing um, part. Just read just what it actually does. Yeah. They're two mana no, slow it, spells. Is, just uh, what, really what, making me do all the, uh, do all the leg doing work all here the on, leg work on this episode. <laughs> uh, so you've got one. It looks like a gun. It's called Calibrum. Uh, and it's deal three to a follower. That's pretty good for two mana. Two mana deal um, three to a follower. Two Very mana good. deal three to a follower. That's pretty good. Uh, then you have Crescendium or Crescendum. 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 That's right. Sounds it's right. Crescendum. Mm -hmm. It's definitely Crescendum. Uh, summon a two-cost follower from your deck. That's pretty important. Like if it has tutor. Nightfall, trigger it. It's like a tutor. That's really cool. So a two-cost follower uh, that is Nightfall right now, I think that's just the Lunari Shade Stalker. Hold on. Ah, that's really... I'm looking it up now. Because uh, it won't pull Diana. That would be ridiculous. Um, it would, uh, it would also, also pull the Evershade yeah, the Ephemeral. if you were running the... Uh, yeah, if you were running the... With Shadow uh, Isles. Shadow Isles, right. Um, but otherwise, uh, it would just summon the Lunari Shade Stalker unless they're two gonna... Tutor a 2-3 with Elusive from your deck, potentially. Um, yeah, or yeah. it could be uh, a... well. It would definitely be uh, the elusive. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I mean if it's uh, nightfall, yeah, because it's only two costs, not two or less. Otherwise, I guess you could pull yeah. like a Stygian armor. Yeah, you could be really specific on the one that you wanted. If that's you only really want one, that's two really interesting in to me. Yeah, getting I think to pull. It's very and I do. I will say before I go through the rest of them, I do really like this as another nightfall champ to go with Diana and stuff. Although I do find it interesting that like you have Diana can already go with like. Um, Nocturne. Uh, Nocturne, and we're getting another Nightfall. So you're going to have three Nightfall-based uh, champions and, and one Daybreak. But that, that's all right. I don't care. Uh, I, I really like uh, this. So then you have Gravitum, uh, and Gravitum stuns an enemy. And then if it's a follower, it will also stun it again at the next round start. That's really for cool. two mana. Yeah, for two mana. Uh, very, very yeah. cool. Uh, these are all so strong. They're just obviously, un you can't always predict well you can sort of predict you, you can just can't always get them all the time you can, you can always predict you just may not be able to get to the exact weapon that you need at the moment when it's you the, need it yeah. when you need yeah, it yeah. yes um so then you have uh severum and severum is granting an ally lifesteal and plus one plus one now it's not for the round it's a permanent buff lifesteal and plus so one plus one. that's so huge especially so huge. now really you strong. have to have it when you have an ally that you would need to put it on, but yeah, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, you have Infernum. Infernum grants an ally Overwhelm and plus two, plus one. So basically, the inverse of a Zenith Blade, um, mm -hmm. at least for the stats. So um, deal three to a follower, summon a two cost, trigger its nightfall, stun an enemy, stun it again if it's a follower at the round start, lifesteal on plus one, plus one overwhelming plus two plus one these are all stupid good they're all really strong you don't you're never upset about using any one of those i i like so okay is aphelios the most flexible champion in in the uh, game 
He's, I still think that that's still think that goes to Twisted Fate, but that he he certainly makes a it gives TF a run for his money. If there was a if there was a card here that drew cards, the, I think that's the thing, right? So Twisted Fate is so versatile because no matter what, like you can always play him and draw one, right? And yeah. and that yep. that makes him very very strong. Um, and when he levels up, he's arguably better i think and you do have to use nightfall to sort of get aphelios going right in the beginning so you're rarely going to slam him on three where you can often slam tf on four yeah unless you play a spell before this which if you're you're probably playing some burst spells in a nightfall deck so potentially if you have some spell mana you could do that um or i mean you you could get the the one mana guy that makes him cost one less right the the one mana that gives you the mm -hmm. one mana thing in your hand um i'm always so good with card names when i'm recording just you're talking about the dust so, right yeah the dust bringer um but i love everything about aphilios and let me just tell you why so aphilios comes down and you get a choice it's a powerful choice that is likely going to impact the board um, in a pretty significant way, whether that's going to be able to steal some life back with life steal, that's going to overpower your enemies. You're going to stun and lock down something for a couple of turns. You're going to remove something like you're going to summon something and increase your board. Like all of those things are very powerful and very strong. If you have a couple spell mana build up, you can do it on the turn that you're going to be night falling out this affiliates. I think that's incredible. Then as you figure out how to generate more of these in the turns ahead, head and play more of these things you have this intricate um puzzle to figure out it's almost like a game that you're playing by yourself on the other side of the board that says how do i get to the card that i think i'm going to need most next and how do i mm -hmm. best use the cards that are in between me and uh and the summon a follower from my deck or let's let's give an example let's say i need life right now and i know that but i'm not going to be able to get to severum very easily from where i'm at and i'm gonna have to go through something else to get to Severum. How do I make the best use of this next card that I'm going to get to slow up the board state until I can generate and play that Severum to be able to gain life? And I think that is so incredibly cool. It creates so many thought-provoking situations. The person who's playing Aphilios, I think, has a really fun time. He may be so flexible that your opponent has a terrible time. I'm not sure. Um, but I just think he is really, really, really interesting. Um, and I the love is, that about him. You know what's fascinating? I know nothing about Aphilios from a, uh, like a lore standpoint. But what it really feels like is a some sort of time magic situation here right where like he's like divining the future is what it feels like you're gonna need to do as like a player piloting a felios you need to know you don't need to know what you need now you need to know what you're gonna need in like two turns you know and work towards that uh, because every time you play one of those cards you'll get that immediate impact but then you basically have to predict what which you're one coming you're gonna what's need. coming next yeah the next, not just the next turn, the next time you're able to generate a weapon. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Which may not be immediately. Uh, uh, you know? No, it may be turns from now. 
Um, yeah. But the payoff of these weapons is huge. Now, to be clear, phasing is like, I don't know that we have like a crystal clear definition of exactly what it is. Um, but like, this was the definition that I received from some of the members from our discord. So I'm, 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 it makes a lot of sense, it make, right? This it, is the, this is the one that makes sense to me. Yeah. And this it makes sense that, with like, Aphelios because Aphelios, when you play him in game, what he does is he pulls a weapon and then he has a, an arsenal of weapons, but what weapon you can pull next is dictated by the weapon you currently have out. Yeah, uh, and I have not played Aphelios, but I've seen him played, and so I, I think that this is the best. The 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 under the, this one makes the most sense for what we know so far about uh, about Aphelios. Yeah. Now here's my question, though: If you have a weapon phased, right, mm -hmm. and you don't play it, it just sits in your hand. Do you continue to generate copies of said phased weapons until you phase a new one? So, oh, okay. If Severum is phased, right? And then let's say you have leveled up Aphelios on round start, and when you play two other cards in a round, you create the phased moon weapon. So, if you have Severum phased and round start, Aphelios gives you your first copy of Severum, right? But then you play two other cards that aren't Severum. And so, Aphelios is going to generate you another moon weapon. Do you get a second copy of Severum? Because if you do, I mean, that's what it would seem like this situation works okay. because you haven't played Severum to to phase a new one. So in that case, that would be a really extra layer of strategic play where you're like, hey, I'm on the one I really want. Let me generate a couple copies of it uh, before I have to play one so that I, I can get a, like two or three of these lifesteal ones and then phase away. Because hmm. that oh. is really fascinating. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so you you have a Severum in hand, uh, but well, no, no. So okay, so DBN, here's how I think it. Here's how I think it works. Um, you play him, you get to choose one, and then it says phase, which means the next time you get to choose, you get to choose one of the two that it phased. Well, so no, see, see it. You've already the way it's worded is create the phased one. That means you've already chosen. Oh, okay. So you've already chosen which one you're going to generate next. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know then exactly how on the text of these works. things, it says phase this or this. So when you play it, you make the decision to phase it. And then that one is phased. I really hope there's a tracker there for the opponent to know which one got phased. Um, I feel like that, I feel like with this level of complexity, but also this level of, uh, flexibility i feel like it's the ding dang moon the people should be able to look up at the moon and say oh boy it's crescendum tonight uh so i really i really hope that there's a tracker there at least for the person piloting a failures but quite frankly i feel like it would be a much more interesting thing if the opponent could see which one got phased um but that might be i don't know some people would hate that people people i find people have very very adverse opinions and very diverse opinions on how much information should be public to an opponent. And some people absolutely loathe having any amount of information, public knowledge. Sure. And, and these Personally, I think it's more be, interesting, but it, I, it's really interesting because it's not terribly clear exactly how he works yet. 
But what is clear is that there's going to be a lot of decision making involved with Affilios. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think that is absolutely amazing. Um, really, any cards that they give me, any champions that they give me that, you know how we've had champions before that we've said this is a champion, but it just feels like a card, right? Many champions that we have are champions that feel like a card. Um, yep. And Aphelios is not that way. Aphelios is nope. a champion that feels like a champion. He's a champion that you're going to build around. He's a champion that's probably it, it, very similar to TF in the fact that he's not a necessarily a win strategy in and of himself until he's leveled up, and then he might become one. Um, but he is very versatile whenever you play him to give you a tool to use that may get you to your win strategy. A lot of times TF sort of, yeah, sure, if he levels up, it's really bad for you, but oftentimes you're not leveling up. Whoa. You're just stalling out the game or drawing closer to what your win strategy is. And I think that Aphelios will help you stall out the game to get closer to your win strategy in the middle of... It's hard to say round three, the middle of the game, but you're probably not playing Aphelios on round three, right? You want to be able to play him so that he can also well, nightfall. So, Well, if you don't play something around one or two, then you can just play a, a throwaway burst spell and then play him and get the nightfall. Or if you play the Lunari Duskbringer or whatever... Uh, then 100%, you play that guy on one, you pass on turn two, then on turn three, you play the one-mana card, drop a Felios, and then immediately play the first weapon. Yeah, which is which you could be then, your Felios on turn three could be a four-fourth lifesteal. Right, or you can play, like I said, any number of other burst cards. I mean, heck, I, I used to play a TF uh, Diana list, which I really, really enjoyed. It, it definitely got pushed out of the meta. Uh, at a certain point which brings me to the there. question do you play this card with tf i don't think so it generates the cards it doesn't draw them it um, does nothing in here nothing in here draws uh i mean it's they're both you you could argue that you just play the two of them because they're individually very strong cards but to me Aphelios screams you need something to put these weapons on and Aphelios himself is an interesting choice. Leveled up Aphelios does have quick attack, but unlike Riven, where Riven is clearly designed for you to be putting these uh, blade, the Blade of the Exile on Riven because Riven gets strengthened more mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of doubles down the ability of the, uh, of the blades and stuff to give her attack bonuses. Um, and so she becomes the one-woman wrecking crew with overwhelmed quick attack, etc. Sure. Um, Unlike that, Aphelios doesn't have anything that really says that these weapons benefit him, benefit them going on him any more than anything else. So to me, uh, this screams as more of like a mid-rangey or combo strategy. You do have the ability uh, to generate overwhelm, which always means somebody's going to try to put it on Lee Sin. Um, and but I, to me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, all right. This might be the kind of card that a Daybreak Lifesteal deck might want to play. I've played a lot of day and night lists, and the thing that always feels the weakest to me is actually just uh, Diana. Just doesn't feel as necessary uh, in like a a Daybreak Nightfall mm -hmm. list. But you know, uh, there's a lot of cards in Daybreak that are big chunky threats that you want to put uh overwhelm on you want to put lifesteal on i mean actually now you've just have sunforger so maybe that, this is irrelevant um the other thing that i think this would work exceptionally well with uh might be like Tarek. uh you can generate lifesteal put overwhelm on on Tarek. uh yeah you can and put these this are buffs Victor. Well. a lot of these are buffs you could do it with zoe too because zoe you're generating a lot of cards here um that would be yeah. new cards to play 
um, that would go pretty well with Zoe too. Um, yeah. Well, and, and like like I said, Victor would be great. All of these yeah. are cards that will buff his augment. Um, a lot of these will hand him. So two of these will hand him keywords, which means that he'll have those keywords so that he'll generate a keyword he does not have. That's true as well. Yeah, because you can uh, give him over the... overwhelm and uh, life steal here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um. I think that, yeah, I mean, there, there's just, this is a, a raw, flexible card. It's, it's going to be able to be paired with a lot of different things, but I think it always wants to be paired with something uh, that A, has ways to protect things, as with most champions. Champions like to be protected. Yeah. Um, but I think it also is going to benefit from uh, a faction that can put down uh, a nice array of uh, characters, like uh, cheaper guys, and refill their hand. Uh, because you do want Aphelios to be able to generate uh, that those cards in a round. So you need uh, to be able to have things that play two other cards in a round, so things that are either generating a lot, like Zoe, uh, or things that can draw a lot. Uh, and there's already plenty of ways to do that. We, we see that, obviously, with TF, like you were mentioning. Um, but I think that there's enough out there that can generate extra cards. Uh, but it's also going to create board presence by going you know wider and getting a little few more units down. Uh, that can then get these items attached to them or pulling uh, the followers from your deck or removing a threat. I mean, once again, it's not strictly about buffing. I mean, I think uh, two of the five cards are really strong buffs. Yes, excellent, um, excellent two mana and buffs. One of them, and one of them generates a person on your board. So that's really mm -hmm. relevant. I think the one that's going to throw people the most is going to be this Gravitum because double as stun. strong as it is, the double stun is very, very strong, but it's obviously... Uh, it's only double stuns followers, so it doesn't double stun champs, which yep. is pretty relevant. It will still stun at once, uh, but I think it's also going to be a little bit harder to implement because it's not going to be as useful against some decks that want to go wider. You really want to use that against a deck that's trying to go tall, really build up someone, or have a really key target, especially one that's not a champion. Um, so it's just going to be a little bit less obvious uh, when picking Gravitum is going to be the right one, which I think means that you're going to naturally <laughs> gravitate towards the buffs uh and then the removal one which is like calibrum uh crescendum may or may not I, I, it'll be interesting to see if that one gets used very much because right now there's only one thing that gets the full benefit out of it mm -hmm. uh that's worth running i i, I think i and speak you for very rarely want to run only you know three two drops in your deck uh because th that's how right. you would tutor out a very specific two drop mm -hmm. that maybe you wanted to make sure that you get out um but there's very few things that you're just almost never playing a deck that doesn't want to run at least three different two drops uh a lot of times anyway Right, and so to me, I feel like you're gonna you're going to be moving more towards the buffs and towards the one that is a, you know, two mana deal three to a follower. That, that's pretty strong. Mm. Um, so I, I think that means a list that wants to kind of generate lots of value, kind of keep pressuring the opponent. So if I'm looking at this list and I'm deciding where I want to play it, I think I'm playing this in Shadow Isles. And it wants to draw, to me, too, right? Because in order to, to reliably yeah. create these weapons, you need to play two cards a turn. And so you don't want to just have, play one at a time. Yeah, so you have... Yeah, well, and you already have a good package that goes well with Nightfall stuff. In Shadow um, so Isles. With, in Shadow Isles, I mean, you have the best Nightfall uh, card in the game that's not named Pale Cascades, which is the, uh, the three-mana Steel 2. Mm -hmm. Um you can still obviously run Pale Cascade, but with Aphelios being Nightfall as well, uh, you know, Nocturne can maybe get leveled up pretty consistently. Nocturne himself is just generally a good card. 
I feel like that's where I'm going to play it first. If for no other reason that it might build it, build the deck might build a little bit easier sure. than some of these other less intuitive ones. And I think sometimes like you look at, you can look at that list and that like Diana Nocturne list and Diana is strong in it, no doubt. But I think Diana sometimes like can suffer from, it's too easy to get rid of. And there's so many other good two drops that you can run that it's like, well, do I need Diana here? Um, when I could run Mistwraiths or I can run like Curse Keeper if mm-hmm. you wanted to go more of that route. So I don't know. I'm all together. I'm very optimistic for this card. I think that it's raw flexibility just means it's going to find play somewhere. Yeah, this is one of the cards that I've seen. This is the card that I'm I'm more excited about Aphelios than any champ that I was excited for in the previous whole Targon grouping. Honestly, really? yeah, more of all ex- the Targon, uh, all, all not just Targon cards, but all of the champions do other factions. I'm more excited for this than oh, Riven. More excited for this, this than Shavana. <laughs> I'm more excited for this than I was Victor. More than. Uh, more than any of the ones that went to the various factions, uh, more excited for this than I was Nocturne, and I was excited for Nocturne. Um, I uh, am really excited for Aphilios. So this is uh, this is my most anticipated champion to be revealed. Um, you know, since we got Bilgewater, um, and uh, I, I maybe that's over the top, but for me, the versatility and the fun, if that's the way phasing works. If I find out that phasing works in some jank way, then I'll be less excited. <laughs> but as long as phasing works remotely how I think it works, then I'm really, really in. Uh, just super, super in. Um, but one of the other things that we got an announcement for was Sharima's coming out, and in addition to that, also with that champion mastery. Now, we don't know a lot about Sharima, but it does, can, it does have you know renekton you know giant alligator man with the with the darth <laughs> the, the darth maul blade um type of thing uh we have uh azir which is the, sort of the guy with the sand warriors that like so many people love azir and that that's sort of like a crowd favorite so you can almost guarantee that azir is is going to be one of the champs that we're going to see coming from it um ramus which is like a, a turtle that turns into a wheel and uh, things um so there's there's a lot oh, that of that sounds fun. Yeah, he, he rolls around. Um, he rolls around the battlefield. I, I I'm a huge fan of rolling around the battlefield characters. I mean, I in Overwatch, I love playing Hammond. You know, uh, for those of you who have ever played Smite, really like playing. Played uh, that's right. Uh, I really like playing. I think his name was. I think it's Geb, but it's like this Egyptian god that there's just a big earth elemental that rolls around in a ball. I'm just I'm just a fan of rolling around in a ball. I well, think. that's for hopefully they release uh, Samus, Ramis. you know, and Samus and Metroid, rolls around. Yeah, roll around. Yeah, um, just a huge fan. So huge we're fan. we're not going to talk a lot about Sharina. <laughs> uh, if you really want to know more, just Google it, and you can see the champions in uh, LOR, LOL currently that will may exist in LOR. Um, so we're definitely going to get some champs, but I think the thing to talk about, right, is champion mastery, which is something people are excited about. So if you're unfamiliar with champion mastery in League of Legends, if you play a champion enough, you will gain mastery with that champion. And, and it's basically bragging rights, right? Like it, you can show off. I think mastery taps out at seven. And I, I don't know that for sure because I don't play LOL or haven't in a long time. Um, but I think that's where it, it finishes off like at is gold level card, seven. Like the gold the gold champions yeah. in uh, Hearthstone. 
yes kind of and, and but there's also i think some like a like you have to get like such a high rating in certain games so uh i don't know what that will be like for this i, I would imagine it's gonna have to do with maybe some achievement style stuff and then uh, mm. with a particular champion and then also like a number of wins that you have probably ranked wins that you have with a champion that's going to level up your mastery of that champion um so it's going to give you an opportunity for some people to pick the champion that they love and max their mastery of that champion and it's going to for some other people people like me probably is going to try to max their mastery in every champion even katarina <laughs> um and vlad because you just really love to to flesh out and finish and accomplish i'm most excited for this because one of my favorite things in hearthstone was golden champion portraits and i loved grinding the i know it sounds ridiculous but i'm a grinder by nature there's something that sort of ticks in my brain when i'm grinding out things i love i'm more prone to rank up on ladder when i'm not doing it to grind up ladder when i'm not when mm. i'm doing it to grind out something other than ladder i'm more prone to rank up on ladder and so that's what excites me about mastery and what i'm most excited about about the the the, the event calendar for 2021 is champion mastery um and i don't know which one i'm gonna like well i do know it's probably gonna be ash right <laughs> ash is my favorite champ i'm gonna be leveling up yeah. my mastery in ash right away for sure do you have any opinion on the mastery thing? Is that exciting yeah, I think to it's you? Cool. Well, I don't know. It depends on what you have, to, what kind of hoops you have to jump through to do it. Um, so this is really interesting. I've been thinking about a lot about this recently, actually. Um, you, you know, we've talked about this in the past. You are a more of a completionist, more of a grinder, and that's what you, that's what tickles your fancy when mm -hmm. it comes to motivation to play, not enjoyment of the play itself, but motivation yeah. to mm -hmm. play, right? I am extremely rewards driven. Okay. Um, and for me, I will evaluate the reward and decide if it's worth my time or not. Sure. Um, so for example, I've been playing a lot of destiny. Why have I been playing a lot of destiny? Well, I have this, I have the battle pass or whatever the stupid things called event pa season pass. There it is. The season pass. Uh, you know, it, it's nice. It gives you a lot of like in-game resource, stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. In-game resources, whatever. Um, I'm not a like hardcore destiny players. Like I, I don't get to, I mean, I would love to raid, but I don't have, I don't know enough people to raid, but I play a lot of story content. I like, you know, I, I love playing all the new items and stuff. I like collecting the exotic items, right? The really fancy ones that are just really cool to, to mess around with. Um, why am I logging on every day and doing weekly challenges to level my event pass when I don't even do that in like Apex Legends, which I play more? It's, it's all about the quality of the things that I can unlock and me deciding it's worth it. There is this absolutely super sick like item set you can get uh, for your event pass in Destiny that is going to make my warlock look extremely badass. So to me, it's worth it. Yeah, sure. The mastery thing is going to come down to that. What does it do? Does it look cool? How cool does it look? And what is that balance between how much I have to work for it or not? Yeah, because, that makes sense. Because I'm going to because if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to sacrifice playing what I want to play to play what I have to play for the quest. And I don't mind doing it if I feel like the reward is worth the amount of time I'm and, and headache I'm going to have to invest in it. Um, and if it's worth it, I'm in. If it's not worth it, I'll say that's cool and not do it. Um, and that's just, it, it's weird. I, I just, 
I definitely will evaluate these rewards individually. I love the concept. And I, and really, I love the concept for people like you, you know, because not everyone's motivated the way I'm motivated. I, sure. You know, not everyone is, you know, and, and so like when I have a lot of cards to unlock in the game, I'm extremely motivated. I'm like, got to get my chest leveled up. Got to get, you know, this. but of course, now that I've unlocked almost all the cards and I probably could unlock all the cards if I'd spent the rest of my gems and stuff, uh, I'm a little less motivated to play because I don't right now see any rewards that are worth my time. Except, guess what I just did last week? I played Expeditions. Why did I play Expeditions? Because I wanted to get the cool prismatics. Yep. You uh-huh. know? And I did, by the way, uh, when I got the prismatic champion or whatever, um, you got a prismatic I did champion? get a choice. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it, I guess it upgraded or whatever. Oh it was my epic gosh, and upgraded. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what were your choices? So my choices were Diana. Uh, well, I actually posted it. In our, let me let's see it because I, I can only remember the one I picked in Diana. But uh, I didn't pick Diana. Okay. Spoiler. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Diana. I, I, it, it wasn't Diana. No. Uh, it's Discord's not loading. It's not. Well, that's okay. Uh, oh, uh, so it was. Uh, yeah, it was Diana, something else, and Vladimir. And I said, you know, my reputation would go down the drain if you did not I, pick. If I, it was on oh, Lee Sin. So I, I, I oh, ditched Lee Sin. Lee Sin. I ditched Lee Sin to get Vladimir. That's what you get that is for talking seriously... about Vladimir so much on the show. You that is, you end up being is, forced to choose in that garbage champ. I I I I was you know I'm standing by, uh my my vampire gentleman, and uh, Lee Sen, nice guy, you know, <laughs> lovely blindfold. Oh man! But uh, but no, I blinked out my Vlad, my boy Vlad. Your boy Vlad. Well, now yep. you got to get him to the max mastery, so you have your blinged out max mastery Vlad. Whenever we get it, so that which I won't play because he's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, this has been really fun to talk about. Um, we're really looking forward, guys, to some of the information that we're going to be getting in the future. In little, little spoiler, little sneak peek. Um. I think that we we may have a, a cool special guest on the show in the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting for us, especially as we approach the Affilios launch. Uh, when Affilios drops somewhere around there, we're going to have a special guest on the show, which is really exciting. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I have a pretty I have an announcement next week as well. Um, but let's let's transition from this segment and let's move on uh, right now to closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, Closing Thoughts is uh, is here because, as always, if you're going to listen to a podcast for over an hour about a card game, we hope that you get better at not just the card game, but also get better at life. Um, there's a quote out, and it's an old quote, so it's probably not as reliable. Maybe, maybe this is just bad advice. But the quote is, you will be the same person you are today five years from now, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. You'll be the same person you are today five years from now, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. Now, I would say in the modern era that we're in, it could also be including the podcast that you listen to or Mm. the videos that you watch, right? This quote's probably old enough that the internet wasn't around. I I don't know who said it, but it's not a young quote. Um, And, but, but the reason I'm saying it is, is simply this is that uh it's good to grow and to transform and to change it's good uh and it's healthy 
to embrace change. Too many of us are terrified of change. And in a season of my life, I was so afraid of change that caused some pretty significant health issues for me. Um, and, and that's when I learned instead of fearing change to embrace change, um, to the point where it was almost ridiculous. Like I would change stuff just to change it. Uh, this is the longest I've had a haircut in forever because I, I love just changing uh, my look and who I am because I, I enjoy and have embraced change as a part of my life. And so um, I don't know who you're going to be five years from now. I don't know who I'm going to be five years from now, but I do know that the information that I put into my brain and the people that I spend life with will largely dictate the person I'm going to come five years from now. So if you're looking five years ahead and you're like, I'd really like to be like that, well, find people that are like who you want to be in five years and hang out with them and then and then read about who you want to be five years from now um, because that is the things that are going if, – if you want to be someone else five years from now but you don't spend time with people that are like that or um, put things into your brain that help you become like that – um, you're never going to become like that. You'll just continue being who you are. And so embrace change by pursuing it actively and having some sort of an idea of, of the, the preferred future person that you would like to be. Um, that's my closing thought. Yeah, I really, no, I really like that. I, this is slightly off topic, but I, I, I had a really meaningful experience, I think, with a teammate of mine in college uh, we played ultimate frisbee together, um, and he was uh, two or three years older than me. I think he's, he was three years ahead of me. Um, really cool guy, though. Very odd, but in a good way. You know, just had this kind of eccentric energy about him. Um, and I remember having a conversation. We were sitting there uh, having a beer, watching the Olympics. Uh, and it was just us. We were just, I think it was like after practice or something. And uh, a lot of other people had left and we're just like hanging out, chatting about stuff. And we were watching these people do the, um, was it, is it uh, the luge or something like that? Where they like do like the, in like sledding downhill. Bob sledding? No, 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 no. It's different. It's like where they go yeah, feet first luge, and they cross. They luge, just go like definitely the luge for the yeah, shirt. I think that's luge. what it's called. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe it's not luging. Uh, whatever. So we'll call it bobsledding, just in case that's like not it. And I'm gonna offend people if I keep saying it. we'll say bobsledding. Doesn't matter for the point of this. Um, and he looked at that. He's like, "Man, that's really cool." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess. Uh, sure, maybe." Uh, he's like, "Dude, he's like, he's like, you realize those people probably have spent." years doing this and i'm like yeah he's like imagine he's like i bet if i committed every waking hour to doing that for two years every waking hour he's like i mean quit my job stop hanging out with people whatever he's like i bet i could go to the olympics and do that if i committed every fiber mm, of my being mm, to it mm. and i thought i looked at him and i was like dude honestly I was like, you're probably right. Sure. There is like such, there's like no limits really to what the human body and the human mind can do given enough confidence and given enough commitment. Hmm. And I really kind of, that's always stuck with me. Now, obviously the realistic side of it, there's a reason why people do it all those years because they also want to have a life, you know? Sure, 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 yeah. And we um, have lots of interests, it, but- Right. And I'm not advocating that somebody drop everything and spend two years doing whatever, but the simple idea of 
the ability for the human body to adapt to whatever circumstances you ask it to to do uh, is incredible. Mm -hmm. And same with the human mind, and even more so. Um, so if you if you look at something and you say, I want to do something different, I want to change, I want to uh, get really good at whatever it is, card game, sports, you know, if you want to get in shape, you know, all of those things. And you, if you look at yourself and say, I, "I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. I'm, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not fit enough. I won't get there." The the reality is, you can. You know, we're the most advanced species on this planet, and we're actually the most advanced species that we know about in the known universe, uh, setting the possibility of aliens aside. Um, and the simple matter is, our brains are developed to change. They're built that way. They're built to be able to change and to adapt to whatever circumstances we ask of it. Um, and same with our bodies to a large extent. Uh, now, would it be cool to be able to, you know, grow a third arm and do even crazier stuff? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it might look weird, but it would be super cool. We can't quite do that. Grow a really long but, one so I could dunk a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. That, mm -hmm. oh, a little bit easier. No. Maybe I'll just grow like five more inches and be able to dunk, period. Maybe uh, maybe I'll get fit and learn how to jump. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but the point is, the point is, um, think about that. I, I, I think about it all the time. Man, if I really put the time in, I can change sure. to be what I want to be. I think the only thing that stands between us and the in those realities is is a, one of two words either and I, they're similar right commitment and devotion. I think that those two words are powerful words. Um, but when we when we commit to something like we can we can radically change and and you know there are certain things that aren't worth sacrificing and DBN has alluded to that already right that there's certain things that aren't worth sacrificing. You know no matter. Uh, how badly I want to be a professional loser. Um, I also want to be. A I really good, hope that's uh, the word. Yeah, loser. <laughs> uh, I also want to be a good father, right? And I, I can't be. Yeah. I can't be committed to being a great father and committed to illusioning nonstop for two years. But there's some truth in the fact that we're capable of more than what we think we are, and we put a lot of limitations on ourselves. Don't live vicariously through documentaries on Netflix or people's lives uh, that you you see other people doing things on social media um, it's far far better to live your own rather daring adventure than to live vicariously through somebody else's adventure um and uh yeah the encouragement to kind of you know get out there see who you want to be and and to seek that out actively um yeah. certainly that's been a chapter in my life over the last year and dbn knows a lot more of that from behind the scenes than than most people do and uh and as we're kind of forging forward to make a new path and a new future it's been terrifying and awesome and encouraging and energizing and um and anxiety provoking all at the same time uh but it's also been a really cool adventure as, as me and my family have sort of forged into something new um that, that uh, we get to talk about next week actually which is even more exciting um but yeah let's wrap it up and get out of here that was a long closing thoughts but i think it was a good one um dbn if someone wanted to get connected with you and find out especially with those of you who are still hanging out and chat with us uh from our raid earlier which we really appreciate um dbn if someone wanted to get connected with you how would they do that uh discord i i wish i could say my youtube but i i just do not have the time to to work on that i, I love doing it by the just so it's clear but i, I guess i shouldn't say that that I don't have the time. I have had the time last couple of days. I have not had the time and energy uh, to do that. So um, my my YouTube is 
months out of date. If you want to look at some old content, I think the content I've put out is really good. I, I, I've always taken pride in it, but um, you could look at that if you wanted. I don't know. I can't tell when and if I'll get back to doing it. Um, so the best way to get in contact with me is definitely the Discord. Um, I'm always happy to look at deck lists. I'm always happy to share thoughts on things. Uh, I'm always happy just to chat about stuff. So, you know, never, uh, you know, especially for those longtime listeners or anyone who is new to the Discord, don't feel like we're unapproachable. I, I mean, I always try to say hi when people jump in the Discord, but, you know, I, I usually am at work and, and don't always see it. Um, you know, but the bottom line is uh, one of the founding things that Mark and I have kind of talked about with our discord and our community is we want to be accessible mm -hmm. um that's really important to us um and so even if you just want to say hey let me have a conversation with these guys that i listen to that's totally cool i'll chat with all sort about you with all sorts of stuff so um you know and and that is so you ask where where do you find me find me on the discord and feel free to i'm i am more than happy to just chat and stuff uh, or just you know at least comment and, and see what you guys are talking about i try to scroll through and and comment when i can but uh you know feel free to ping me don't absolutely. mind it at all it does not annoy me absolutely um if you want to find me twitch.tv slash the lift um and that is where i will be live streaming more in february probably monday wednesday friday mornings um beyond that my heart has always been for this community was to seek out ways that i can support and uh and just share compassion and love with this community. And so that's been a really awesome part of this. So if you're going through a hard time, you need somebody to talk to, you need someone to pray for you, you need someone to hang out with you, you need someone to game with, whatever, um, I'm up for it. So I have had the privilege of being able to be part of uh, of the lives of multiple people from the community and help them walk through um, some otherwise kind of dark moments in life. Um, and, uh, and so if you're in a season of life where you just need someone to talk to, um, reach out to me, join the discord, reach out to me, we'll set up a time and, and just jump in and, and chat together. Um, and I can be a listening ear, uh, at the very least for people, because that's really my heart and my desire next week. My closing thoughts will be about what, uh, the next chapter is for, um, my life personally, which I'm excited to be able to share with our community and our listener base, um, and, and how possibly even you might be involved with that, um, which is exciting for me as well. But, uh, that's, were you going to say something, DBN? No. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. have one. Yeah, whenever you're. I'm, I'm done. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I just didn't want to miss the opportunity. I, there was something uh, that uh, was mentioned in our, our podcast discussion uh, channel, um, which is if you have something that directly relates to what we talk about, it's the best way to, the best kind of correct channel to post in, I suppose. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting. Um, it was a comment from uh, Androser. Yeah, uh, who's we you know we talked to actually a little bit earlier, um, and who recently joined I think this last week, and uh, they had a really nice comment. It said, "On your next episode, I would upvote taking a bit of extra time to highlight Discord channel. I've never used Discord, and this is way different than I imagined it would be. Specifically, I think Deck Tech is a cool thread. Also, looking for matches really sweet. I'll be using that soon. I didn't understand how cool this is, and wish I joined sooner. Listen to that." that. That is like, I mean, Discord is so great. And I think our Discord is the greatest. And it's just, there's a lot of people, I, I know like even Deadbrook Dad 
was like, what, what's discord? I, how, what do I have to learn? Like what, you know? And, uh, he got in there and he's, and you know, he doesn't post a lot. He lur- he's a lurker a little bit more than well, anything yeah, else. Most of our people are sure. Uh, and a lot of people are, and that's really fun. But I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here that, that, uh, people are constantly posting and just a lot of resources too. Um, so we had somebody new come in and say, Hey, I've never played card games before. What's this thing you got? What are you guys talking about when you say like aggro control? Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people jumped in to, to give some advice and, you know, answer some questions, stuff like that. So if you were apprehensive about it, I just want to tell you not even encourage you to join, but rather to say a lot of other people have found it beneficial. So just want to throw that out. Yeah, join the Discord and come hang out with us. And I threw a Discord link in the chat in our stream tonight as well. So if you'd like to join, feel free to click that link and it'll take you over to join our Discord. Click the second one. The first one is needs updated. Um, the second one is better, but that's going to do it for this episode, episode 45 of Legends Cast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys, and be sure to tune in again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.